0: The Christian Atheist is also available on YouTube, and you will find other great content, including the literature I frequently refer to, on our Simple Gifts podcast. If you find our content helpful, consider supporting us through PayPal at Romans Chapter 5 at Comcast.net. Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 54. Are we living in George Orwell's 1984? Part 2. As my wife Jenny and I walk our neighborhood each week, we see sign after sign declaring that science is real. What is ironic in these displays is that this statement, intended as a club against political opponents, is a nearly perfect example of George Orwell's doublethink. In terms of objective meaning, the phrase is utterly uncontroversial. Everyone in our culture, excepting a select few intellectuals and elites, would reflexively agree, even if some might quibble here and there. This nearly universal agreement, however, belies a complexity of intention upon which the virtue-signaling declaration depends. The combative message of science is real reflects an ideology that systematically and explicitly undermines science, while simultaneously claiming to support it, and deride as fools those they claim do not. Science stands or falls on what Orwell called the empirical habit of thought, that our mental constructions, our theories or beliefs, must be corrected by reality. This corrigibility of theory requires belief in a reality independent of our minds and wills, and to which we must submit, in a word, that absolute truth exists. This is an axiom, that is, evident but not provable, fundamental to the Western worldview, both secular and religious, from which scientific method emerged. The progressive Hegelian worldview dominating our civic and sociocultural world has successfully attacked and undermined that foundation over the last two centuries, a process we might properly call the suicide of the West. However, and here is the virtue-signaling strategy, in embracing science They, at the same time, and with complete conviction, reject it. Science is both the arbiter of absolute truth and reality, and neither truth nor reality are absolute, real boundaries to which we must conform. If you've ever wondered why this narrative has so powerfully triumphed in Western culture, this is probably the best explanation. It can be literally whatever it wants to be, say whatever it needs to say, in each and every situation, without objective constraints of any kind. To absolutists, they can appeal as absolutists, and then, when convenient, simply deny absolutism and embrace relativism. They do this by perverting language by meaning to mutually contradictory things at the same time. Practically, this means that the world in which we live must now conform to this bifurcated view of reality, that our metaphysics be determined by our epistemology. In philosophical terms, as I have argued elsewhere, we have become empirical idealists, claiming that human consciousness determines reality, creates it. As I have said, we are all unconscious Hegelians today, or, as Orwell expresses it in 1984, quote, The splitting of the intelligence which the party requires of its members is now almost universal. And, quote, Doublethink means the power of holding two contradictory beliefs in one's mind simultaneously and accepting both of them. As I have repeatedly asserted, this is nothing more than the logical outplaying of Hegel's dialectical epistemology, Metaphysics. What it also means is that reality must conform to our contradictory conception of it. Science must be both an absolute and unquestionable arbiter of truth, and truth or reality must conform to our subjective will. What differentiates the two? The will of the party. Science serves the party, not the truth, since truth has no independent reality. The transcendent does not exist. God is dead. In Oceania, as in our Western world today, Orwell was prescient. Quote, In the early 20th century, the vision of a future society unbelievably rich, leisured, orderly, and efficient was part of the consciousness of nearly every literate person. Science and technology were developing at a prodigious speed, and it seemed natural to assume that they would go on developing. This failed to happen, partly because scientific and technical progress depended on the empirical habit of thought, which could not survive in a strictly regimented society. Reality, that is, is no longer a boundary human beings must acknowledge, and to which it must submit, this empirical habit of thought is acceptable only when it serves the party. Quote, in Oceania, science, in the old sense, has almost ceased to exist. The empirical method of thought, on which all the scientific achievements of the past were founded, is opposed to the most fundamental principles of ing But in matters of vital importance meaning, in effect, war and police espionage, the empirical approach is still encouraged, or at least tolerated. The two aims of the party are to conquer the whole surface of the earth and to extinguish, once and for all, the possibility of independent thought. As we quoted last time, the system of language instituted by Doublethink can tell us a great deal about our reality in America 2022. Science is real is an example of the term black-white. Like so many Newspeak words, this word has two mutually contradictory meanings. Applied to an opponent, as in our science is real signs, It means the habit of impudently claiming that black is white, in contradiction to the plain facts. And we should be clear, plain facts are neither plain nor facts, except as they are useful to the party, the ideology in question. All things are things only insofar as they can serve as means to the end of the ideology. Science is real is the club with which to silence dissent, to forbid skepticism and questioning the orthodoxy. Like the term racist in society today, its meaning has been reduced to a pugilistic tool in a political battle emptying the terms of value for honest, rational dialogue. As a racist or as a science denier, you have forfeited your legitimacy at the table. What is ironic is that both sides of the debate agree on this. Racism is bad, and science denial is stupid, and egregiously so. This is uncontroversial, morally and rationally, at least for the present moment. In fact, it is precisely the agreement that the critics play on. If the charges of racism and science denial held no critical censure against those at whom they were hurled, they would not be used. It is precisely because traditionalists value science so highly and despise racism, that the charge stings, that it is effective. The difference between the two parties lies much deeper at our most fundamental conceptions of reality itself. One side seeks, through the use of language, to express a transcendent truth, to reach toward a transcendent reality. Believing that language helps us point to, to express that truth. And that in learning about transcendent reality, we learn how best to conform our practice and thoughts to it. It is this perspective of a reality independent and superior to human rationality that these ideologies mean to destroy. The other side denies any such transcendent reference. For them, truth is infinitely malleable, not settled. And reality is not something to which we should conform ourselves, but something which human reason forms and shapes at will to its own purposes. Though of course, who gets to shape it, and who decides what is true and what is false, is solely a matter of dominance, of power plays. These ideas were neither new nor unique to Foucault, but already the underlying structure of socialist thinking since Marx, and even before. I am a Christian, with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist, I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it, too. You can have reason respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.